it doesn't matter if you're a 70 year old millionaire PhD it doesn't matter if you're an uneducated 25 year old hairdresser if you're giving away free options see me after class most important part of Maximize Your Medicare is going to be very, very simple. A growing percentage of the workforce is going to continue to work beyond the age of 65. This has powerful implications for everyone involved. So we're going to start on a multi-section, multi-podcast series here. Today's the first installment. We're going to deal with large employers first. It's obvious. It's clear. If you are the active employee of a large employer, the large employer is required to provide health insurance coverage for you. Now, it is very crazy. It is all sorts of crazy. The definition of large employer for Medicare is 20 full-time employees which is different under other regulations, which is another topic, don't get me started. Once you get to the idea that you are 65 and a full-time employee, then the employer must provide you with the identical health insurance coverage that it it provides to other full-time employees. There's no question in this instance, you can delay enrollment in Part B, you can enroll in Part A, and everything can go as it did before you turn 65. In many instances, you should probably do this. Why? The reason is because then Medicare is secondary, secondary for large employers, and as a result, what can happen is you can have better inpatient hospitalization cost sharing results if you have to go to the hospital. The base case is that I generally tell persons that in the months prior to turning 65, three months prior to the the first of the month that you turn 65, so let's take a quick example. If you're born on July 4th, that means 654, April 1st, you can enroll in Medicare Part A. You can pass on Medicare Part B for effective date of July 1st. Remember, if you're a New Year's Day baby, that your actual start date can is going to be December 1st. In other words, the first of the month, if you're born on the first of the month, then your actual start date, your first possible effective date is the month prior. Now we start to get into the deep end of the pool and we'll start to get there quickly because If your large employer is providing a high deductible health insurance plan and you are enrolled in it, if you are making contributions towards an HSA, health savings account, which should be known as health-related IRA, then you cannot be enrolled in Part A and the HSA at the same time. Otherwise, you are exposing yourself to tax penalty. So I need to swerve out of the way here. 
I'm not an accountant. You need to tax, check with your tax professional. See what he says. Or she, obviously. It is 2018. After all, got to be careful. Now, even after you get to that point, let's just say, for example, it's not an HSA. And in addition to that, your health insurance coverage is coming from your employer. It is the case that you can delay. That part is beyond dispute. It's obvious. Okay. The question is going to be whether or not you should stay on your employer-provided plan. And this then becomes a math of money exercise. Well, it's not about the money. <laughs> no, yeah, it actually is about the money. The question is going to be whether or not your employer-provided plan measures up, whether it compares favorably or not compared to a Medicare configuration, which is available in the private market. For active employees, this can be a decidedly mixed bag. It is not a slam dunk here that the health insurance provided by your employer is superior to the private market. One should not conclude that even though that is the convenient conclusion to draw. I know people don't like change. I'm used to the network. I know there's a deductible and a copay and there's an out-of-pocket maximum. Yes, I know all of that. That is true. There's no disputing the fact that human nature likes to resist change. Let's take an example. So now let's just say you make $70,000 a year. And so that means you are well paid in U.S. standards. No question about that. And your employer charges you $350 a month for your share of health insurance coverage. Now that seems high. The reality is the full sticker price is much higher than $350 if you stayed under your employer's plan. Under Medicare, that person has to in, could otherwise enroll in Part B. $134 a month is the Part B premium. And then could select a Medigap or Medicare Advantage plan. Now it becomes, like I said, an exercise in the math of money. Because depending on where you live, the cost of Medicare Advantage plans can be zero. Can be zero. Meaning that you need to be enrolled in Part A and Part B, but there would be no additional premium. That exists. High end, depending on the state you live, can be on the upwards of almost $200 a month. We'll get into that in a future podcast, whether or not that's worth it. Under Medigap, what you have is the ability to elect a Medigap plan, and depending on the state, the highest that I've seen is the low 200s for a turning 65-year-old person. The lowest that I've seen can be as low as the high 80s to 90s a month. So now let's just take again at the math of money. $350 under the employer-provided plan. Medicare, $134 for Part B. $110 to $120 is a good number for Medigap for a turning 65-year-old person. I'm using a national average. 
that type of number will cut it. So now we're at $230 a month, $230, $240 a month. Then you need prescription drug plan, prescription drug plan somewhere in the area of $20 to $30 a month for thin plans, very economic in most states. So now you're talking about $240, 250 a month compared to 350 at your large employer. Now, however, is the difference in the contracts. So in addition to being $100 a month better off under a private configuration, in addition to that, what do you have? Under your employer-provided plan, you're going to have the fine print. That fine print is namely your deductible. And it can be a family deductible, which is twice as high as the individual deductible. And then you have the copay, coinsurance, and out-of-pocket maximum to deal with when you're dealing with your employer-provided plan. Under Medigap, there is no such thing. All you have is the Part B deductible, which is $183 in 2018. And once that is met, all your health services, all of them, are paid in full. There's no concept of out-of-pocket maximum. There's no concept of network. In other words, the fine print all comes into your favor for even if I'm wrong on the price, you're talking about $50 better a month. So you can hear from what I'm saying, I'm comparing apples and oranges and Medicare and Medigap at these price points all the way up to equal dollar, all the way up to $350 a month in my silly example is going to be superior. It almost has to be superior. So I always like to check where I can be wrong here. And yes, at large employers, the one thing you do need to be very careful of is to find out whether or not you can reverse course. So let's just say you've gone through the math of money here. $350 is your responsibility under your employer plan. And you find out that Medigap and Part B and prescription drugs are $100 less a month for you. That's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. But for whatever reason, you decide that, hey, I want to go back to my employer plan because now all of a sudden my employer has decided that you know $100 a month is my bill. Well, now, of course, the math of money has changed. So then the question is, is can I switch back to my employer? And there is no rule here. There is no rule. The employer can have the policy that yes, you can switch back. That is generally uncommon. Generally speaking, uncommon at the large employers. However, certain large employers do allow you to switch back. Sometimes there are caveats, sometimes there are not. There are no federal regulations to protect you in either direction. So the caveat to everything I'm saying here is you do need to pay close attention to this 
Nevertheless, what I'm saying is it is unlikely, I don't think it's a heroic prediction to say that it is unlikely to say that your employer-provided plan will become superior over time. You can understand where the mistakes get made. So that's the case at $350 a month. And that was not very difficult to be candid with you, meaning that you can see, you can see it by the numbers, cheaper and better at the $350 price point. However, it becomes much more difficult if now the price for you is $100 a month. Now it becomes more difficult. Why? Well, it becomes more difficult because the premium under Medicare is going to be higher. $134 plus Medigap. Let's call it $120. $110, Okay, so now we're up to $245. You need to remember that you need to add a standalone prescription plan. The standalone prescription plan is going to range somewhere in the 13 to $30 a month. And that is for persons with generic medications. If you take a specialty drug, brand name specialty drug, then the cost will very likely be higher. But you still need to remember you're at $245 plus, let's call it $35, $280. Anything close to the 350 is better under the Medigap plan because the language is superior. Now, the problem is what happens if the employer says that you are only responsible for 100? Now, you're in deficit. You're paying $180 more, right? I started at the employer charges you 100 you're responsible under private Medicare at 280. So now a very different ball of wax. This will now then depend on what you believe to be your existing health situation. Meaning that if you are insulin dependent diabetic, if you have pre-existing condition and not one that would refuse you, but one that would certainly probabilistically mean that you're going to have high unknown out-of-pocket expenses. Now, for example, you then have to judge. You're going to have to make your best estimate. You can get expert advice, which is, okay, I know I need to have an MRI. I know I need to have blood panel. I know I need to have these testings done. Well, then you're going to have an estimated cost. This kind of thing happens. I've run into every situation along the line here, along the spectrum. I've seen persons in perfect health. Well, perfect health, no medications, fairly clear here. The large employer plan can be better. Why? Money. You're better off by $180 in this instance. That said... If you have a plan where the out-of-pocket maximum is $10,000 for a couple and the deductible is $5,000, well, 
wait a minute, that's different. Let's just say you have a known medical situation, known. One where you know that you're going to have to get substantial amounts of diagnostics and you are going to have to pay for out-of-pocket expenses and that you are likely to hit the deductible. Well, if you take the deductible, $5,000 and divide it by 12, you get $400 a month equivalence. So now, as opposed to appearing to be $180 a month to the good, you now flip around to minus $220 a month to the negative under your employer-provided plan. So you can see what I mean, which is that it's not obvious here. What should be clear here, though, is that this does require examination. Too often, employees, spouses of full-time employees, they just simply write out their plan and they just, without looking at it, without even considering it, they throw the advertisements away. They just say, look, my employer has treated me and has taken care of me. So they'll take care of me in the future, except all of that stuff is weakening. Why? Because the employer is being pinched. They're being pinched because they're having to increase wages. They're trying to keep employees. And maybe that's working to your good, meaning that maybe they're kicking in more for your health insurance. That is entirely possible. I'm, I'm an employer, so I can understand that that pressure exists. Nevertheless, the fact of the matter is that the employers, especially the large employers, are likely to be facing competitive pressure, which is making the terms and conditions of the fine print of benefits weaker, meaning that you, as the Medicare beneficiary, would serve yourself well to retain your free option and to check out the terms and conditions carefully. That's it for today. Be sure to sign up to the Maximize Your Medicare newsletter. You can go and find it, subscribe to it, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. Be sure to like and rate this podcast on iTunes. Share it with your friends. You don't want to talk about this. You'd rather talk about football. I get it at the bar, at over coffee, at McDonald's, that's fine. One unintrusive way of sharing information so that it's at least on their radar is to share the newsletter and this podcast. Oh, wait, one more. Richard Williams, father of Venus and Serena, you are the Leopold Mozart of our time.